ladies and germs, welcome to episode 41 of the Empty Arena Podcast. This is Nick alongside John, Andrew, and as usual via satellite, our good buddy Chris. Hey, hey. And on today's show, we've got a couple of topics we're going to go over. Uh, right at the top, we're going to start off with the upcoming pay-per-view, Stomping Grounds. We're going to run through the card as well as the notable aspects of the event with relation to Monday Night Raw and SmackDown. In addition to that, we will discuss a little bit about Shane McMahon and his big push and the rumored frustration amongst the other talent. And in addition to that, I did want to touch on a particular topic, which, uh, as you may know, recently over the last couple of days has come to light. The passing of Andrade Almas's mother and his aunt, which just happened to ha- take place today, which is Wednesday. So very unfortunate for him and his family. And uh, I did want to uh, bring that into a conversation that t- covered a larger topic. And you'll get to hear that when we get to it. So, gents, uh, <sighs> another week in WWE in the books. Another uh, forgetful week, I would say. I mean, it's just been... Another stinker. Kind of monotonous to say the least. Uh, I don't know. I don't know, yeah. guys. It's it's getting a little, uh, little old. It's starting to get a little dicey. The is, bread is has been left man. out on the counter for too long. You know, it's getting a little stale. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel as though Vince McMahon is hearing footsteps with AEW. Um, and he is trying to put out anything and everything and nothing is working. It's throwing uh, shit against the wall and seeing what sticks. It started off. I like that. Yeah. I think this. I think this wild card shenanigans was was a, one of his first uh, knee jerk reactions that I think will be the first of several that we'll probably see down the road in case we haven't already. Which, by the way, there's something that I noticed with Raw this week, um, in particular with regards to the third hour. There was an article that I read recently that how they wanted to change up the third hour. Where they wanted to like change the look of it, change the feel of the show. It started with the week that Mick Foley introduced the twenty four seven title. And I noticed that, which yeah. was at the top of the third hour that week. And going forward, the rumor going around was that they wanted to do something with the show, or they wanted to vamp up the third hour in some way. I don't know. And you did you, you, make, if you make it a bit more edgy, right? If I you heard. looked closely, like even like the layout of the Titantron and everything, the, the color change, it got darker. This week, there was no difference. It was just back to the usual. It's like they completely scrapped that idea. So you could tell, like, these little inconsistencies, it's like they're not they're not sharp. They're not staying on top of things. If, if they want to do something different, they have to just stick to, stick to their guns and do something different. Yeah. Like, make the third hour, you know, I don't know. I, I think that's it. exactly what it is. They need to be edgy. They need to be more forthcoming with uh, what they're doing. Uh, and they have to be a step ahead of AEW for, if they want to stay in the game. Yeah. Completely agree. You can't, uh, you know, rest on your laurels at this point. You yeah. gotta just or or rest on your yannis at this point either. Yeah. So I mean, <laughs> I, I would say before we Is that even what get... you heard, I heard, I heard, I, you are <laughs> yeah, Laurel. Laurel and Yanni. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's go through the uh, Laurel and Lonnie. Let's go through the card, um, Nick. Let's go through the stomping Laurel. card. Yeah, Laurel. I mean the card itself. Um, John, do you Forgettable? Have, have it in front of you? Because, yes, I do. Uh, well, yeah. So on the uh, the card for Stomping Grounds, uh, there are nine matches. Wow. Um, wow. Yeah, it, it's like a WrestleMania card almost, but not as good. <laughs> Definitely not as good and not as publicized. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's almost it's almost as good or better than WrestleMania, much like uh, Super, Show Super, Super Showdown. Showdown. Or Stupid Showdown. <laughs> uh, 
Um, Battle so, of the Grumpy Old Men. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so the the first match on the card, I don't know if there's in any particular order, is Bailey versus Alexa Bliss for the WWE SmackDown Women's Championship. I I have to say the, the way this is uh, shaping up with you know between Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss, I actually like that tag team brewing uh, or that relationship or whatever you want to call it, friendship. Mm-hmm. I just find it odd that. Alexa Bliss is a raw superstar, but she's fighting for the SmackDown belt. It's just one of those weird wild card rules. A wild card, yeah. It, it seems like an exhibition. It seems this seems like a house show match, where we'll we'll probably see uh, Bailey retain. Right. I mean, I don't know why they'd want to give her uh, give Alexa the title since she's on Raw. It, it just seems right. like it's a foregone conclusion that she'd win. Right, so, and, and Bailey so, already put Alexa over a couple of years ago, so I guess right. this is the turnaround. But my question is, is there really a wild card hunt? I mean, wild card hunt? Wild card hunt. <laughs> That's an ode to Mike Francesa. Yeah. I don't know that. Um, uh, the wild card hunt, I mean, wild card hunt. Uh, the... I just I just don't know what's going on in that storyline between her Alex you know her Alexa Bliss Nikki Cross maybe it's going to be a triple threat or some you know someone will interfere. I, I'm wondering how physical they're going to let Alexa Bliss be in this match given her history of concussions. Yeah, they're trying to ease her back in. I noticed they're putting her in matches now, and um, uh, it seems to be okay. I mean, they wouldn't let her in the ring if, if she was still having issues, I would right. suppose. But still, um, you have to imagine, you know, they have to look out for her. I'll tell you, it's a lot safer than putting her in the ring with Sasha Banks, who supposedly has legit heat with her and probably would want to hurt her. <laughs> That's oh, just yeah. pure speculation on my point, on my half, behalf. But uh, Bailey, I would think, uh, could do what she has to do and it should be all right. <laughs> so we have uh, Alexa Bliss against... Bailey, Bailey, I guess Nikki Cross will be in Alexa Bliss's corner. But who do you guys who do you guys have going over? I got Bailey. Got Bailey. That's got to be Bailey. Yeah, I'm gonna say Bailey. I, I don't think this is a pay per view to have too many title changes. Yeah, they have to be selective. Yeah, they go with. So I'm gonna say Bailey as well. Yeah, save it for SummerSlam. I mean, yeah, God. exactly. SummerSlam. SummerSlam. Okay, so the the next match is a uh, Phoenician Snows or Roman Reigns versus uh, <laughs> Mr. McIntyre, Drew. We saw this here's a, already. Here's a WrestleMania re- rewind. We've seen this so many times before. Yeah. It, this is turning into like Cena versus Orton. There, there was like that stretch of like six years where they matched, <laughs> they wrestled every single time against each other at a pay-per-view. Yeah. I don't know. It's 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 hard for me to, to think that Drew would go over in this scenario, especially with how he's been booked. You know, he already jobbed to Roman at Mania. If they make him job again, better. Yeah, you can't. Uh, you'd have to question their commitment to him going forward because you can't just let this guy just job out to Roman Reigns. You could always have Shane interfere, and then after, and the that's match, what you should, yeah. especially if you're going to have this push for Shane, which we'll get back, we'll get to later on. Yeah, it might be best to hold this, uh, hold the conversation around this match. Uh, yeah, to later. It's going to. We can give our picks. All right. For this one later. Let's, let's uh, gloss over this one. What do we got next? We, we got, got we have Becky Lynch versus Lacey Evans for hmm. the WWE Raw Women's Championship. Hmm. That should be an inter- interesting match. I mean, the feud yeah. is still young. Uh, Lacey Evans is still relatively new in the, the ring for the mainstream. I so agree with you, John. So she has a lot to show still. Yeah, but if you're going to have one person 
or one title change hands strategically, I think this is the one you do it with. I want to do it here, though. Really? I would do it at SummerSlam. Interesting take. Interesting take. I don't, you know what? You have to be careful how you book this match. Now, do you th- wait? So you don't think Lacey's going over? Yes, I do. You really think she's going over? I'm sorry, I meant to say Becky, but like, I don't know. I I, I think the last time around, we or we saw um, what was it? The the Charlotte and Lacey match, like the the. The, the, the that, 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 that triple threat no the, not the triple threat the, the Becky had the match with Lacey and then she had the match against Charlotte right I feel like that the, the Lacey match was so like it was good it was it, it was good but I, I, I think the Charlotte beating Becky overshadowed that feud but like, like I said I think Lacey mm. is still new to this whole mainstream wrestling thing and, and she still has a lot to show but my personal pick is Becky Lynch going over to this? Yeah, I have. So, to... do you think you have you have Lacey Evans wait until SummerSlam to say? Yeah, yeah, I think take so. Take the belt off, drag it out a little bit. Oh. I suppose, yeah. I can see I her. Just, yeah. Oh. oh, I just feel like WWE needs a splash here. Needs to get something, uh, something going for themselves, and this might be a good way to do it. Per- perhaps they should uh, change Lacey Evans's character a little bit. Give her a middle name of underwear. Hmm. <laughs> Let's see underwear. No, that underwear. That'll really get things uh, going. Um, and then I, and then changed Becky Lynch's nickname from two belts to two boobs. Jeez. Jeez. <laughs> oh, uh, I say Becky's going over here. I say so I, too. I think so. All right, I'm sticking to my guns. I'm going to say Lacey's going over. And we'll Ooh, we'll put okay. this all in a uh, we'll put this all in a uh, spreadsheet in a spreadsheet. And, Track Cal- carefully. As calculate the, the points at yeah. the end. The winner has to buy everybody pizza. Just as long as uh, WWE is careful about how they book this thing. Yep. Um, okay, next match is uh, Rollins and Corbin uh, for the WWE Ooh. Universal Ooh. Championship with a special guest referee to be decided. Oh, uh, oh God. I, gonna, I can't even venture a guess as to who that might be, this referee. I'm, I'm going to throw some names out. Uh... Lashley, Miz, Strowman, Cesaro, uh, R Truth, any guys like those are anyone that I would rather see in this even, position. Than even Corbin. even <laughs> even faces, mm-hmm. you e- think? Even faces. I I am so bored with this Corbin Seth. Thing. Like Corbin's great, but we've seen this match so many mm-hmm. times i am like i am so i i have no interest in how this match will go hopefully this is the last for a while because i think it has run its Could we course please yeah. stop owens zane i would rather see any of them it's going to be one of those guys as the you might they might do a uh, a two man referee thing where you have like both roman owens, and uh i was say owens and uh sammy as as referees okay hmm. that being said uh i i I can't imagine Corbin, Corbin, Corbin going yeah. over in this situation. I just don't see why uh, they would do it. I would be very shocked if they did because if they yeah. did that, then he's. I feel like they have a plan for being very selective about who they want being the flag bearer of the show, and I don't think Baron Corbin's in that conversation right now. I don't see it. I mean, he's 
He's a very good heel. I don't, think, I don't think he's close to that conversation. No, he's a very good heel. He has his place. He he has his role to fill to be the you know the antagonizer, the agitator, you know, to get people to hate him, and he does a really good job at it. Um, but championship uh, material, I don't know. Uh, not right now. I don't think so. So I see Seth going over, and I guess they continue to. Uh, go along with the whole Lesnar threatening to cash in angle. Maybe he'll come out and do something. Maybe Brock Lesnar will be the guest referee. Who knows? That would you actually, know, that would actually make Brock Lesnar in yeah. a giant oversized skin tight referee shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he just destroys Corbin, but like, but I don't know. He it, hmm. he destroys Corbin. That's not a out. bad idea. I actually like the sound of that. Lesnar coming out, being the referee, beating the crap out of Corbin. Leaving him off to the side and then cashing in. <laughs> I don't know. It would be kind of like it would be different. It, it would, would be, be out of the way. Or or Corbin wins, and then Lesnar comes in and cashes in against Corbin. Hmm. To get the heat off of like yeah, cashing in on Rollins, special guest refer- special guest referee Paul Heyman. Hmm. Well, Heyman said he wasn't going to be the referee, but who knows? He's, right. He lies. Yeah. 95% of the time. So here's, maybe. The, here's the problem that I have right now w- with all of this going on and, and uh, amongst many things. You have SmackDown going to Fox in fall? This fall yeah, or next October, fall? Yeah. October, Okay, so so you have this wild card rule and the thinking going into this from what I understand is that they want to really maximize the viewership for SmackDown. So how do you do that? You, you put names on there that whether you really are a fan of them or not, are big names. So you have Lesnar, uh, Ronda Rousey, when she eventually comes back, I imagine will be on the show. But here's the problem is that with this wild card rule, by cherry-picking all of these big names from both shows and switching them back and forth, nobody has any incentive to watch any one show anymore. Like, for instance, like for SmackDown, Finn Balor has been on SmackDown ever since he's been drafted. I don't think he's ever been a wild card yet. Right. Which... Honestly, I'm okay with because you know what? If you really want to see a certain guy, you want to see, you know, he's the Intercontinental Champion. Yeah, I know a lot of people, you people forgot about that. I did too at one point. Goes to show how they're booking the Intercontinental title these days, but. What do you mean, you people? <laughs> you people, our fans. <laughs> you marks. <laughs> you marks. You, he, you, <laughs> miscreants. Um, but, like, you're doing this wild card rule. Like, who's going to want to watch SmackDown when they know that they could watch the same person show up on Raw? That. Exactly, like you, you know, like I know Roman's going to appear on both Raw and SmackDown. So right. his him being on SmackDown has no shock anymore. No, it's not. You know, I remember like way back when Triple H joined the SmackDown roster. That was like, oh damn, Triple H is on SmackDown. Right. That was the same reaction I had when Roman was drafted to SmackDown. Like, right. oh wow, he's on SmackDown. Right. Now. Each show had their share of big name guys. Now he's on both, so it doesn't doesn't make a difference. Yeah, exactly. So now we're back to like square one, where now it's pointless to even, you know, make a case for for wanting to watch on Friday nights. Plus the fact that fr- the show on Friday is going to be three hours as well. If it stayed at two hours, then that would might have been the only saving grace for people to maybe kind of like sneak it in and say, hey, maybe DVR this and, and watch this for an hour. But now they can't do that because now you have three hours of content that you have to record. And well, 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 I, six I think, hours of content. I mean, yeah, that's, counting that's raw. A long yeah. week of wrestling. Right. I, I just don't think people are going to sit down on Friday night and sit there for three hours and waste their Friday night watching SmackDown. I think it's going to go based off of DVR ratings. So I guess, yeah. You're right. Oh, yeah. My, my whole come around with all this is that 
I love Andrew. I love that idea about Lesnar possibly being the guest referee and or cashing in. Um, but then, you know, at that same point, I think to myself, well, if he's going to be carrying the universal title, which if you notice, Seth, Seth hasn't come to SmackDown with the universal well, title. He did on he Tuesday. Did on Tuesday. Tuesday, yeah. He did. Past okay, Tuesday but this is here. the first time he's done it, though, I think, right? right? Kofi's showed up on, on Raw. He's, and, you he's know. basically the... And that's and we can we can talk about this at length, you know, later. But um, or when we when we talk about Kofi, but he's being booked strong. It's just him like him showing up on Raw as like a as a uh, supporting character. Right. It, it diminishes his status as champion. Yeah. If you're standing next to, uh, you know, the Universal Champion, it's it's it diminishes both titles. Right. It shows like okay, we're both captain of the same team. It's like well, that doesn't make any sense. Right. We're yeah. both aligned. Yeah. But yeah, we're on. We're supposed to be competing brands. It used to be a thing where remember when it was Raw and SmackDown, they literally were competing with one another. It was like two different like <clears throat> two different factions within the same company. I remember back in two thousand two, two thousand three, when they first did the draft, Vince McMahon versus Ric Flair. It was a clear divide. Of, of, of like two groups and it, right it, it worked for the time it was different it, it ran its course but now it just means absolutely nothing that it doesn't. There's, there there is no brand split anymore as far as i'm concerned so you know you watch whatever show you want to watch i guess it comes to that point where as we take take it week by week whatever we have on the tv i'll leave it on or turn it off that's all it is now <laughs> so. true I mean, we, we we digressed far from. Uh, all right, let, let's last... work through the rest of this card yeah, because yeah. this I guess those we're were some of the more deeper. Those are more deeper uh, matches, I guess. But who do we got next? Uh, Kofi Kingston versus Ziggler for the uh, WWE Championship yeah. in a steel cage. A, yeah, a repeat of Ooh, uh, a steel cage. Of I'm Super actually Down, looking forward to match. this one. Yeah, it adds a new wrinkle to the to the story. Oh, all right, yeah. yeah, that's it. So let's see what um, Kofi can do in a steel cage. Exactly, high flyer. I mean, Ziggler's also kind of a high flyer too, so um, yeah, that could be a very good match. Yeah, I, I think I can that see might be some spots your off the one top. to. Yeah, there might that might be your one to steal the show. Yeah, hoping Lit. so. And yeah. your girlfriend. <laughs> no, see, pun see what I did there? no pun hmm. intended. And now, who do we think is going over in that? Uh, I'm I'm gonna say Kofi still. Kofi's got to go. Yeah, over. I I, I was kind of I'm kind of hoping Ziggler, but I don't think it's gonna happen. Unless you're waiting to. SummerSlam. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think I don't think many major titles are going to change. Um, because I, I, who do you who who do you have beat Kofi? You know, you're probably well, going to get a whole lot of heat from the person that beats Kofi. I, I have an idea of somebody in mind who is rumored to possibly beat Kofi, but that'll be a, a that'll be a whole other topic. Yeah, <laughs> we'll get to that later. Okay. Uh, next, well, just one one thing. Just yeah. was one point as far as like all these titles changing hands. It's like. This all happened at WrestleMania. Rollins won his belt. Right. Iconics won their belt. Uh, Kofi. Kofi won his belt. Oh, he got it. Even Mysterio yeah. won it for about five seconds, but he got hurt. It, you know, so it's uh, it's so yeah. Samoa Joe won it back. I thought it was, Finn Balor won the Intercontinental title at Rania too. Uh, yes. He beat, he beat Lashley. Yeah. So Becky won her belt. Bobby Lashley. So you now have Bobby. All these Bobby Lashley. Yes, it works. R.I.P. Uh, Leo, Leo Rush, you have you have all these titles that were, uh, you know, they were awarded at the same time or they were attained at the same time, and now there's no like 
we look at like like John, you're you're saying that all these titles should change hands at SummerSlam. They should storytelling wise. Well, yes, but, but I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think every story. I don't think every title is going to change hands either at SummerSlam. Right. So yeah. it's it's now that you've done that, you basically reset everything. So from WrestleMania, right? Like. Something has to give this Sunday. Oh like, yeah, no, I know. So I'm not. Say, I'm not saying any. I'm saying. I'm not saying nothing's changing. No, I'm, I'm, I'm saying. saying I, I. don't think any of the major titles are changing. Yeah, that's that's what happens yeah. when you're like backed into a corner. It's yeah, like you you've, you've painted yourself into a corner. Now it's like, well, oh, like I think. I think Samoa Joe and Ricochet. I think Ricochet is going to win, and I think he's going to be the title, and then he'll he'll show off on at SummerSlam as a as a new uh, United States Championship mm-hmm. t- uh, title holder. Yeah, it's. Let's talk about that match. Yeah, that should be that should be a good one. Yeah, I'm glad that he's uh, he's getting this push. I think it's appropriate for him at this time, like to get the universal title spot. Him and Cesaro feuding for is you know that'll be cool. Uh, Him and Samoa Joe, that makes sense. I'm not a fan of the Miz, Strowman, and Lashley being in that conversation because it's. They're they're kind of above that at this point, so having them feud for it seems like a step back for both of them. Yeah, Strowman and Lashley, um, they just have, you know, last week they were in an arm wrestling contest, <laughs> so they just I don't think they know what to do with them. Um, yeah, they, where is rock bottom for them? <laughs> uh, no, you know what would be rock bottom is if like Strowman like won a, a tag title with a child. Uh, yeah. Oh wait, or, that actually happened. Or how about if he feuds with like two random guys from SNL? Also, also next. Oh yeah, that already did happen. Also, yeah. uh, ne- next week on uh, the Empty Arena podcast, uh, we're going to interview Nick, the really? uh, the the title holder of Nicholas. He he's sitting with us in the studio right now, but we're going to interview him at a deeper uh, a deeper depth next week. I traveled into the future. <laughs> I, finished, I, I finished my homework. This is this is Nick. Um, I got my own Titan drawn. So I, I, I think, you know, John, I think you're right. I think Rick Shea's going to go over here. I think it just makes sense. I think Samoa Joe's place in the company is to put people, people over, over as yeah. a monster. Um, what do you guys think? I like that. I want to see Rick yeah. Shea win as well. I he, think he, a, he's going to get gold this year. It's just a matter of what. He right. is, but, you know, you hate to, to stop. Samoa Joe in his tracks. He's been finally... I, I see that, too. I, I don't think that's necessarily stopping him in his tracks. Uh, well, no, he's been getting a lot of traction, right? Uh, with this recent heel run and and beating up on Rey Mysterio, and his mic work has been really good. It has been. It's been yeah. It's he's been one of the more engaging storylines to follow on the show. So I would hope that uh, if he does lose, I just don't want any of those weird finishes where like half the shoulders off. You yeah, know, yeah. Off the, it's just so silly, but I hope Ricochet wins. I think what's happened is that there's been, in in the going back to a few years ago, maybe that there's been actual botches on behalf of the referees to the point where now they're starting to incorporate it intentionally within the schematics, so that way it kind of yeah. covers their ass. It's like That's oh, like a false, like a false finish, <laughs> right? Like let's actually make it part of uh, you know the, the the whole dynamic here, the rotation. <laughs> uh, um. Another match is uh, New Day versus Owens and Zane. Hmm. Uh, oh, that's uh, that was made official. That was made official. New. That's that's actually. I'm looking forward to seeing that. I wish it was for some type of tag title situation. Yeah, but it is not. That's a good grudge match. Good grudge tag team match to have. 
Hmm. I don't know. Not, not, much, not, not nice. too much to talk about it. It seemed like it was put together pretty quickly. Yeah. Nice to see Kevin Owens uh, wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> and Sammy Zane. Albeit a uh, you know a tag team match, not a championship match, but I think at this point you have so many guys at the top. They of the should card. have, they should have. I'm sorry to cut you off, Andrew. They should have um, the New Day come out with pancakes and Owens and Zane, being that they're Canadian, come out with like a vat of syrup. Like maple syrup. That'd be amazing. And just like have like a syrup and start pancake pouring battle. pouring syrup on people. <laughs> you plants. know what? You know what, Nick? I like that. Why not? That's funny. Um, well, who do you think is going over in that? match. Owens and Zane. Yeah. I'm going to say yeah. Owens and Zane. They're going to sneak I think, sneaky. I think Xavier Woods takes the fall. Hmm. Who? Uh, I think uh, New Day are taking it. Alright. Okay. Taking it could it, go either way. It, I, I taking mean... It, taking it. I don't know. <laughs> that kind of sounded like too cool, yeah. Yeah. Taking uh, it. Taking it. Uh, there's also a Cruiserweight Championship match between... Uh, it's a triple threat between Tony Nese, Akira Tozawa, and Drew, uh, Drew Gulak. Hmm. Oh, awesome! You know All what? people I know very well. <laughs> <laughs> good, good for Gulash. I hope he wins. He deserves it. Gulash? His... That's a Hungarian beef dish. Beef gulash, <laughs> Drew gulash. I wasn't talking about gulash. <laughs> so I'm a gulak. Gulak. Drew gulak. Yeah, he's um, he's been in the picture for a while, it seems, and I guess maybe he'll get his comeuppance very soon. And just speaking of two, speaking about two hundred five live for a moment, uh, noticed that Chad Gable is now on two hundred five live. Yes, and he got a haircut. He got a haircut. He looks odd as a, with a haircut, but is it a step back for him or a step forward? I, I think it's a step forward for him to get his yeah. character redone. I agree. Um, to work possibly work on a... his uh, on his moves. Yeah. On his moves. On his moves. On his smooth moves. He'll have great matches. It's smooth moves. It's overcrowded there and on, yeah. the, on the main roster. He he needed something else. Yeah, I think he'll get a better showcase on NXT. Really, right. really open hair, open him up in what he can do <clears throat> in the right. ring, technically wise and spot wise. I think that he would be able to work well with younger talent. Right. I mean, t- look, Tyler Breeze went back to NXT, had a great match with Velveteen Dream at the last Takeover event. So, I mean, now you're starting to see some guys want to go back. They want to put him back in NXT. Wouldn't be surprised if they start putting more back. Agree, Nick. Hundred percent. So, yep. And uh, but I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Tony Nese is gonna retain on this one. Mm. See that Tony Nese, your good friend from Access. Yes, my good, my great friend from Access. <laughs> oh no, Buddy Murphy was well, your buddy. Yeah, he was your buddy. <laughs> uh, uh, another match is the uh, for the WWE SmackDown Tag Titles. Uh, it is Daniel Bryan and Rowan versus Heavy Machinery. This should be fun. Yeah, I really? think so. I think, uh, I think Brian and Rowan are going to drop it to heavy machinery. Uh, heavy machinery, mm-hmm. and heavy machinery is going to defend a SummerSlam, uh, possibly versus. I'm going to say versus the New Day, or a returning okay. AOP. Ooh, okay, yeah, four big powerhouses. Oh, that that ring will. Will crumble yeah. under under the weight of those. Four I, men. I tell you, I really like Dozovich. He's a very entertaining guy. Yes. I, I think that he eventually will branch out on his own. He's he's definitely got this kind of presence about him. He's very funny, very energetic. 
So, um, and which which guy is this? The, uh, this is the one with the beard, the weird one. Otis. Yes, Otis. Otis. Oh, they said I think they said something else. <laughs> um, I mean, Tucker Knight's good too. He reminds me of Larry the Cable Guy. He does. I guess that's the whole point. He's got that vibe where he's like very blue collar. Stakes and weights. Stakes. Yeah, he he uh, he will be like they're both personalities on a, on a team. I think that's that, that's important to have. Like come in together, but make sure you can also right you know separate when needed. So right. I think I think they both have a good personality. I, but I am going to disagree with you, John. I think Brian and Rowan will stick as tag champs for a little bit yes, longer. I agree. Trying to get those tag titles over and doing something with Daniel Bryan that there's really no room for him in the title picture right now. So pairing him with Rowan, you know, I think there still has some legs for uh, that story. Okay. How how upset were you guys watching that Rollins Bryan match? The only thing I was really caring about and having uh, uh, Rowan interfere and making it a tag match. Yeah, it's a yeah, it's a a bait and switch. I know. Yeah, people sticking around for this, and then it's just this fugazi Shangad finish. It's the fugazi. It's the fugazi. fugazi, For for those of you who do not speak the Italian language, um, Chris, would you like to uh, explain what fugazi and Shangat mean? Fugazi and Shangat mean messed up, uh, stupid. (laughs) <laughs> Fugazi and Shungad is actually a new tag team coming to NXT. <laughs> is the FBI the full-blooded Italians? What else? Uh, what else we got on this card? That is it. That is oh. the uh, the ninth match. Yeah, oh. That is all of the cards. That's all the matches. Yep. So actually, after hearing about this match, you know, getting a little more in detail, I'm actually looking forward to it. Although the logo for Stomping Grounds looks like uh, a Lugs boot commercial. <laughs> Lugs rewind. Um, it does look pretty cool, though, the uh, poster. Not going to lie. No, I think it's a creative title. It, it is It is reminiscent of a Superman punch, per se, uh, where Roman Reigns is punching the ground and there's cracks coming out. Mm. So Is it? Let me see. It's a cool-looking poster. Oh, that is pretty cool. Yeah, we're looking at it right now. Perfect for perfect for a podcast to show you. Uh, yeah, it's, it's Des- real- describe it to all of us. I mean, if you guys were here with us, you would love how <laughs> it, it looks. Like, looks. It looks like it looks like Christopher Nolan directed the poster. It, yeah, I mean, it's not like anybody who's <laughs> listening to this can't like they don't have they have the ability to like go online and look it up themselves. I mean, that would be impossible. But just saying, I mean, it'd be pretty nice if you guys were here to see Nick, this. Nick hot takes against um, our audience. Yeah, Jeez. Ooh. smart marks cutting, cutting some heel promos here. Oh, and a uh, quick note on uh, Stomping Ground. Um, WWE, uh, as of two days ago, was offering two-for-one tickets starting at $20. Yes, that's right, $20 for two-for-one tickets. And they're actually planning on blocking off portions inside of the arena because the sales have been so <laughs> abysmal. Um, really? And uh, a lot. some are theorizing that because of the heavy promotion that they put into Super Showdown, which you know was only a few weeks ago, that it may have hurt the promotion efforts that went into uh, this event, and which is why they're having a hard time. Also, another thing to consider is the fact that it's in Tacoma, Washington. Right. Let's um, be honest. I mean, it's, it's the state of Washington. The, Outside of Seattle, I mean, what are you getting over there, you know? Um, in 1999, at the Tacoma Dome, uh, WCW held a spring stampede. 
uh, April 11th, 1999. Um, and I believe... I'm trying to I'm trying to find the seating, how many people attended there, just to what, get a... The Tacoma Dome? The Tacoma Dome. That's where Stomping Grounds is being held? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am trying to find how many seats it holds, but it looks like the capacity is anywhere from 5,000 people to 23,000. And, I saw uh, that 23 as well. Yeah, I saw yeah. that number. And uh, I mean, because uh, the numbers are a little off, but it looks like for uh, for basketball, it's uh, 20,722. So mm-hmm. go ahead, maybe another one or 2,000 seats. Right. Because mm. you have all that yeah, extra yeah. space. Well, let's let's talk about it. What do you guys think? I mean, you know, we, we, I know we... Tacoma Dome. Go. <laughs> I mean, That's they, they, they <laughs> I suppose, have perfected the art of being able to mask whenever they're not able to sell tickets for SmackDown when they have half an empty arena. So maybe at this in this situation, they'll have, have to work the same magic where they block off certain parts of the arena and just not have the camera go near it. I don't Nick, know. Nick, I, I don't know about you, but I'm always a, I'm, I'm a big fan of empty arenas. Oh. Ooh, that's why the, the podcast is named what it is. Empty Arena Podcast. It's like when you watch a movie and they say the line of like the, the like the title. That's why they call it Die Hard with a Vengeance. <laughs> oh, so I mean uh, Terminator Two wasn't called Come with Me if you want to live? <laughs> I was lied to this whole time. That was the uh that was the X rated version of Judgment. <laughs> <laughs> and, and come wasn't spelled right. Uh <coughs> so yeah, it, it's Nick, as you said, like they they put a lot of emphasis on super The showdown. wrong syllable. Yeah, yeah, on Super Showdown, and I like I honestly just forgot. They shouldn't have even had a pay per view like this. They they should have just skipped. Honestly, I mean, because you have Extreme Rules coming up next month in Philly. You have Extreme Rules coming up. You have you have. Uh, I mean, move it to the move stomping grounds later in the month. That's all. Like they, they could have done said, that. It would have been fine. You said what was the other the, the promo that they have for the tickets? Twenty dollars, two for one. Okay, because on Ticketmaster, they have a me plus three four-pack offer. Oh, my God. That's how bad it is, I guess. <laughs> what is that? So, basically, it's uh, if you get four tickets, I believe the prices are a lot lower than normal. Right. So, like, uh, currently, uh, floor section one, row J, is $92 a ticket. That's still really cheap. Yeah. Whereas, now you have, uh, and, and I think AEW is, you know, learning. And the two-for-one special is $47 this. a ticket. You know, I, and I think AEW now has an opportunity to say, well, we're going to do one pay-per-view a month, and we're going to start booking matches a month out, so we build anticipation for the product. Right. It's it's a very simple step to follow, and I'm, and I'm sure you know WWE is a huge machine, and it's going to keep on going. Um, and they, they do it, you know, it's, whatever it is, it, it, it works from a profit perspective, but from a purely like entertainment perspective i don't right. it's you know well i'm i'm sure we'll watch it together on sunday night but you know how, how much how much time is it you know are we going to spend actually watching versus just you know talk, talking yeah. over each other hanging out being on our phones doing something else danny right. playing Briscola. <laughs> whereas you know you have you have <laughs> danny two. playing Briscola or, or mahjong apparently he's now a mahjong connoisseur <laughs> Um, Thanks, Penn. You have you know AEW Fighter Fest coming up on June 29th, and we we've known this date for for a little while. We've built mm-hmm. anticipation around it. Um, we'll, two we'll, weeks. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about that. You know, we'll talk about that card next week uh, bef- before um, 
We'll talk a little more about AEW next week, but just to you know, going back towards stomping grounds, it's it's like how much, like how many times are we going to see Zig? You know, and 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 maybe they had this plan to have Ziggler, Kofi, uh, Roman, Drew, uh, or I'm sorry, uh, Seth and and Baron Corbin. But look at you know most of these matches have already happened on Super Showdown, right? So it's. It, Super Showdown is... They're basically pretending it never happened. Essentially, yeah. And, we, and I feel like it needs to be looked at as a as a house show. It is. It's a, it's that's, a, that's how it should be treated. There's no... It's a house show, but they should not be promoting it on on TV. It shouldn't I, be I think, streamed as a pay-per-view, right? I, yeah, I, I, I don't think they need... Like, they should do it. I'm, you know, well, I mean, location-wise, that's, you know... I don't want to throw my opinion around, but uh, make it so like, yeah, like you could bring it up, like oh, that you know this week, you know, check WWE Network, check out Taker and Goldberg, you know, what for the last time or right. Triple H Orton for the last time. Don't make it a focal point on your show. Like don't have pro, like you know twenty minute promos dedicated to, you know, Rollins. setting up the storyline. Yeah, it's just right. it's, it's a waste of time if you're going to do this again anyway. You know, they've been and to be fair, there there have been plenty of times over the years, even back in the Attitude Era, the Ruthless Aggression Era where they actually like would show snippets during Raw or SmackDown. Oh, WWE went overseas last week to Japan or they went to Malaysia or India or China, like even like these far out mm-hmm. places that it's like wow, India, you know, like different places that you, you didn't at one point ever think that they would go to. And it's like, wow, that's pretty cool. You see the fans over there and they're watching, they're really into it. Why can't they, um, look, I don't know what the cost involved is with all this, but why can't they do the same thing with other countries? Why can't, like they had like the, the beast in the East thing in Japan a couple right. of years ago with Lesnar. So they're doing this thing with Saudi Arabia. Why can't you do more w- with other countries? It doesn't have to be anything crazy. It could be, you know, even in England. I mean, you have the NXT UK, so maybe it's a little bit more redundant there. But, like, if you went somewhere like Italy or Spain or, uh, you know, I yeah. mean, they're doing it with Australia. But, like, you could, you know, but the, the Saudi Arabia thing, it's like, I know. I, I get it. I know there's, there's a dark cloud that hangs over. It's an 800-pound gorilla in the room, and we have to acknowledge it. But, I mean... For the sake of being neutral, you know, we're not going to get into that. But why can't they show that much enthusiasm for other places? I I mean, look, nobody would be opposed to it, I think. I think people would be open to it. That's not the problem. The problem is that it's just, under the circumstances, it just, it doesn't align well. with When you consider everything that's going on in the world... it, it like you said, you know. I mean, we're going. I, I don't mean to take it in too much of a tangent with that conversation again, but nevertheless. Uh, but yeah, to your point, a lot of it's repetitive. You know, the card itself is repetitive. It feels like another episode of Raw. Um, but we'll see what happens. I'm hoping that you know it, it delivers and it leads to something else afterwards, some good fallout. I mean, it'll still. I'm sure it'll still be a good show to watch, and we'll you know be entertained. And they got to bring it, you know, they have to like, you know, these, you know, these guys and these girls now, they know what's going on with AEW. They know that there's pressure on them. They get it and they want to go out and entertain and put on the best match that they can. But I think creative, I think Vince in particular has to just back off and just let them do their thing. You know, a lot has been said. Speaking of Vince backing off, let's talk about his son for a moment. Let's talk about Shane McMahon 
And we can actually now talk about the Roman and Drew match, but might be mm. worth adding context around it. So mm-hmm. now Drew is facing Roman, similar to uh, in a WrestleMania rematch. But now, but well, since uh, since WrestleMania, Shane is and, and Drew have been aligned. And mm-hmm. Shane has also aligned himself with the likes of Elias, Bobby Lashley. Uh, well, not maybe not so much Lashley, but the revival now are a part of his quote unquote goofy stable. They were pretty funny on this segment. I will give them that uh, from this week. Uh, the revival. I, I like that little thing that they did when uh, Drew attacked Heath in the hallway after Heath went to go ask for a raise and and the money falls out and <laughs> oh. as they're bring the revival they're taking the money off the floor and they stick sneak it into their pockets I thought that yeah. was pretty funny that was good that was good um but yeah this is a match that we've seen before Roman and Drew I do like how um they're really simplifying Roman's character they're not uh making him be too wordy he just comes out says a couple of words and he just attacks I like that side of him. I think He's, everybody does. Yeah. But are, you know, Sh- Shane now being affiliated with Roman, affiliated with Miz, Elias, do you think it's killing their momentum as just WWE superstars? Do you, is it helping or is it hurting? I think hurting. The alliances? I'm, well, it, like how, how Shane is now associated with Elias and... How he's associated with Drew McIntyre. Like, Drew McIntyre had this mystique around him, like he was just a warrior that could not be defeated. Now he's like drinking champagne and getting his ass kicked in like a, a you know, like a, a. Getting slammed through a table of cheese and crackers. Yeah. yeah. He's, in, he's in like an express suit. You know, it's like, <laughs> you know, it's it's just so, like, I remember he came out with his like hair all wet, you know, that like you can barely see his face. He was just chiseled, and he just ran through everybody, and like, yeah. And now he's being yeah. kind of treated like, like, he, you know, he's like getting help from Shane against the Miz. Dumb. He's, you know, he. I like him as an enforcer, but he has to just stay as a quiet enforcer, like it's, not not lose his touch, not lose his edge. Yeah, I think it really is just an amazing sign of the times with how you look at a character who at one point initially establishes themselves in a particular way where they're very, you know, aggressive and, and intimidating and and that carries for a long time. And you know, I'll I'll use an example of arguably one of your favorites of all time, uh, Kane. When he debuted oh, how, much, yeah. how much of a monster he was, you know, he never talked, yep. he just went out, he beat people up, he was unstoppable. That went on for at least a year and a half, two years. And Drew McIntyre now, I'm not saying, you know, I'm not putting them on the exact same level, but the same analogies that you're you're trying to portray this character in a certain way. You bring him out, he's very mean, aggressive, and tough, and he's, you know, running through everybody. It's like, wow, okay, you know, this guy's going to be a force. But it's amazing how within a couple of short weeks you could take all of that and really neuter it to the point where mm-hmm. now he's just like this corporate, soft you know, laughing, champagne, chugging, you know, lackey. Exactly. You know, could you imagine them doing that with Kane back in the day? Like, making him become, like, a lackey? Well, they did that just recently. It would have destroyed him. I mean, yeah, and recently. Yeah. I mean, but, like, in the first, you know, five, ten years of his career, you know, obviously, when at a time when the creative area of the company had a, a clear sense of direction and they had a long-term view of how they wanted characters to be portrayed and how they wanted them to be, 
now it's just like it's like it's, it's literally a soap opera where every week it's like the creative team gets together. It's like, oh, what are we gonna do this week? And let's how let's let's put them in a random yeah. segment. And that just it kills the continuity of the characters, and that's what I think makes people lose interest in getting behind people. Like how how much how better would it have been if if Drew still aligned himself with Shane but kept his kept his mystique where like you know maybe they're at a party but Drew's literally ha- has his arms folded the entire time right like he doesn't talk or like he, he just like talk, stands or he's like there, what is this know? stupid like it reminds me of uh, this is I'm kind of going like comic book but like you know the Joker and Bane and like the I was what, what video oh it's like Arkham Origins video game mm-hmm. like right. Joker hires Bane to you know to be his lackey but Bane's like no I'm not your lackey I'm gonna do what I want to do. Mm-hmm. But it's I'm, that the, the character of Kane or a character of you know, Drew McIntyre is very reminiscent of like of Bane, like a smart, right, bad right. guy. Yeah. And then in, in Batman and Robin, he's a, a a joke. Right. Meanwhile, he's one of the smartest villains Batman has. Right. So it, yeah. If you follow the the literature, of course. Um, but yeah, there's just like I do think that these alliances do hurt most of these guys. In the yeah. comedic sense, they could work for some. Like, I think for the revival, it's going to work. I think with the revival, I think it gets more visibility for them in a way which they're able to, I guess, expand on their characters more. Yeah. But, you know, other than that, it kind of hurts. Mm-hmm. We'll step off our soapboxes for a, for a hot second. John and, and Chris, what do you guys think? I, I think... I, I, I don't know. I... I do like the, uh, the the idea of having alliances, but they have to do they have to be done correctly. Um, right. I mean, like, I well, mean, look who you're putting up front. You're you're putting Shane McMahon, who clearly does not need to be have this monster push, right? When he can't when he can't back it up in the ring. There is no match of of Shane McMahon that well, you would say, "Oh my God, wow, what a wrestling match." Well, maybe yes, they, there were some great spots, but you know those fists of furies. Come on. Yeah. Well, maybe they should go take him down the same road as his father. Like he had, his father had a couple of matches over, I don't know, sure, I say, yeah. over a ten year period, and Mister McMahon, Mr. McMahon, when he's not crazy, he's one of the best heels in the business. Of course. So oh, maybe absolutely. maybe they should start taking Shane the same way and make him, I I don't know maybe like the the like the douchebag owner's son, like something along that line. Yeah, where, you like, know, they did try he, that twenty years ago and it worked. They, yeah, right. And they should bring it back and say, well, you know, I'm back and I, I'm taking over. I'm the next in line for my father's legacy. And you know, maybe he should do something along those lines where he'll take over the company and yeah, you know, his father actually steps over to the side and lets. Him and Triple H take over. I don't have an issue at all with Shane McMahon on, on an individual level, you know, as far as, like, a competitor, as right. far as, you know, a character. I mean, he's always been, you know, very good. I mean, when he came back three, four years ago, when he first came back mm-hmm. during that segment with Stephanie Vince, he got one of oh, the yeah. biggest pops I think we've heard in the last five, ten years. I mean, yeah, people yeah. love oh, seeing yeah. him back. He's a very entertaining guy. I mean, look, you can't take anything away from him. I mean, God, I mean, there's actually a special on the on the WWE Network about his match with Kurt Angle at the King of the Ring 2000, where he got tossed into the plexiglass screen like five times. Twice, yeah, yeah. or however many times. Well, it was. What about that was an insane? What, what match. about the match with Steve Blackman where he drew, uh, jumped, climbed up the Tentron? Yeah, jumped him off, like, and Test. Yeah, who the hell does the that? The match against that he had against Vince. I mean, hell he had, in the cell. He had you know the, the match with Kane. You no, know, those rivalry that rivalry he had with Kane. He, he look, he's had. I mean, it's amazing to think, but he's had some really 
really good matches. But the problem that I have with all of this is that you once again have an opportunity to have an open slot for somebody to step up, and Shane McMahon is filling half of your airtime every week now. Right. And it's got to be debilitating for other guys that are trying to make their moves and they're just trying to get on TV and 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 really make the most of it. And you know why it I could I could understand why people are frustrated with that. I don't think uh, the the dirt sheet rumor that I read is that other guys in the locker room are frustrated with the situation and they're obviously not mad at him. Um, but it's just the idea of of putting Shane McMahon at the forefront as a full time competitor. That's what and I think, and I think most of this goes right back to creative, and that's exactly what Dean Ambrose, John Moxley said. Mm-hmm. That as soon as he left, he felt free, and, and he basically bashed the creative team on Jericho's podcast, um, saying that there were too many too many writers in the in the room, and that you know there was way too much creative process going on, and the the, the actual wrestlers weren't involved in the creative process. Because there's so, yeah, there's no there's no clear direction. It's, yeah, you'd rather have just one or two people right. on it just to you know. Right. If it's at good, the end it's of the good, day, it's bad. It's bad. At the end of the day, Vince is the one that approves everything. He's the one that he's the last stopgap for everything. And and Vince, uh, as we know from Ambrose's podcast, he just you know didn't have the greatest things to say about him. I I suppose. I mean, is the respect there as a person, as a businessman, maybe? But I mean, I could see why you know you watch what's on TV and it's like. You scratch your head sometimes. It's like, what are they thinking? You know, with, with putting some of this it, stuff through. <laughs> I think it, it all started with with Shane winning that that tag title with the Miz. It started yeah. with you know at, at the best in the world thing. Although that's obnoxious, and I think that's like the extent to which it, it should go. But and you know his his matches like okay like against AJ Styles in a street fight like three years yeah. ago. Okay. Fine, his match with Kevin Owens, Hell in a Cell. Okay, it's super. There's, there's a stipulation there. It's you know, it's, uh, there's room for him to grab a weapon and you know have an equalizer. But now you're you're putting him in matches, and yes, it's supposed he's supposed to be a heel, but he's not. It this works if it's the Miz or if it's someone who's a heel who's a competitor. Like just don't. Like how is Roman taking punches from Shane, and and like mm-hmm. actually selling like this this guy was your golden boy for for four or five years and now he's taking he's taking hits and selling these punches like as Chris said fists of fury uh, it, it's it's he's taking hits from a fifty year old man and 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 pretending that you know that that he's getting hurt like it's it's just. Ugh, it's they, so, you know it's, what? I I feel I like I feel like this is their way of of they want to keep Roman in a position where he's featured in a way that still gives him enough of a rub, enough credit to to say, well, he's you know he's a big player in the show, so he is not. In the actual main event picture. Okay, so he's not, you know, feuding with Rollins, or he's not the Universal Champion, he's not feuding with Kofi, he's not the WWE Champion. But, we're going to keep Roman relevant by having him feud with a McMahon. That's probably, like, you know, the first part of it. And I suppose if this rumor is true where Shane is going to, you know, go over Kofi for the WWE title, maybe they'll they'll extend the rivalry with Roman 
on the side with that and have Roman come back in and beat Shane McMahon for the, t- the WWE title, as ridiculous as it sounds. I mean, I don't know if that's the ultimate, like, like conclusion to what all if, of this. <laughs> what if Shane wins and Le- Lesnar comes back and cashes in against Shane? Could be. I mean, I don't know if they actually formally confirmed that, that Lesnar is devoted to the Universal title or if he could go cash in on, on Kofi, but I don't know. Um, yeah, it's disappointing. It sucks that this is the situation that they're in now doing it this way. I feel like I think a lot of other people feel that this airtime and this spot should be going to somebody else who needs it. I know. they. I love Shane around, and he should be a manager, or he should be yeah. a heel GM of, of Raw or SmackDown and go up against Triple H. And what I would love to see as, like, a... You know, it's it's uh it's it's you know, I was about to say they could do something at Survivor Series, but also there, like Shane should not be taking a Survivor Series spot from somebody. Right. That can easily He can go, manage it. He can manage it, but yeah. yeah. That can easily go to an right. NXT call up, it can go to a um a, you know, like a, a veteran or something, like a surprise entrant, but not Bray Wyatt. <laughs> Bray Wyatt. Oh, should we well, should you we know shift what? over? Let's talk to the shame, shame on me for not even bringing that up because you know what? Bray Wyatt, um, that last uh, Firefly Funhouse segment, I think we are at the point where he's going to be making his debut now because I heard he yeah. was backstage. Uh, yeah, he week. was. Um, Unless he was at the dark match, which I would doubt they would do a dark match for his yeah, first appearance. I, I would think that they want to bring him back. They want to make a count. But the question is how? Like, who do you make him go after? I think it, this is prime for the Kofi Ziggler situation. I think it's. I think it makes sense. I think Ziggler could be like a disciple of Bray Wyatt. You know, someone who's at the end of his rope. Like, I can't. I hate this company. I can't do this anymore. I want to leave. And then Bray can say, "Oh, like, like he has like that sign in the Firefly Funhouse that says." Uh, you know, abandon all hope. Those who exit here, it's like he right. can he can tell him you could leave WWE, but you know, come to the Firefly Fun. You know, fire. Ah, that's a, say that ten Fire Black Funhouse. The Funhouse, or it's hmm. creepy. I can't wait to see the Fiend. That that looks horrifying. I'm glad they actually got away with doing this entire storyline. It was all him. Supposedly. I can't. He wrote the. Whole I can't thing. wait to see the entrance. I just, I hope, and it's sad because it's always, this always happens. I hope they don't mess this up. Yeah. And I mean, they, do you have the same music? Is there going to be completely different? I think it's going to stay along with the, the lines of the, the kids. Like, you know how yeah. uh, you know, he had the whole world in his hands, that whole thing? Yeah, he has a lot of a lot of storylines with children. This is getting me a little concerned. <laughs> um <laughs> It is quite freaky. Creepy. I just, I just don't like, I don't like when Michael Cole calls it out as creepy. I, it's, it's like if, it, if it, this is such, he's such, creepy. If this is supposed to be, yeah, right. If this is supposed to be a like a weird segment, it should be unexpected. You know, it, it should, it, it rather than like you know than than having Corey, uh, Renee, and 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 Cole like stand at the desk and say. This is the next episode of Firefly Funhouse. Have it be where like the feed's taken over by somebody, right? And Cole like is like, "What the hell? This is happening again. This has happened four weeks in a row now. We haven't figured this out yet." And then it cuts to uh, 
the fun house. Okay, Fabe. And then it cuts <laughs> yeah. back. It's just so, it's so simple. It's so simple. It, it used is. to be uh, back in the 90s. It was, uh, what was it, GTV? GTV, yeah. GTV, that used to like take over the feed, right? Yeah. yeah, and then it would show like the big show taking a dump in, uh, in the men's room. Yeah, Val, Venus, <laughs> yeah, Val Venus would look over at, at Big Show and say, huh, they call you the Big Show? The urinal. <laughs> that happens to me every time at work. It's sad. <laughs> uh, but wait, speaking of kayfabe, uh, Nick, I remember you, you, earlier in the uh, in, in the show you wanted to touch on uh, Andrade and, and, and his recent, uh, you know, tragic news and how that kind of like I guess relates to kayfabe in the in the real world and yeah I, I don't really have a whole lot to say about this other than you know it, first of all it sucks that this happens when he's riding not just with his mother but with his his aunt as well happening within a couple of days of each other is this like the is this the maternal aunt I'm not sure. I, I, be, I, believe, I, I so. believe so because yeah. I think he made a tweet oh, today man. that you know you know you guys are together now which I would imagine that that they are related by blood and um, not really shun shun. I, oh my yeah. god, so, that's horrible. No, yeah, nobody so, gets the Jay Z reference. Thanks. Nope. <laughs> um, so there was uh, uh, the clear explanation as to why, obviously, why aside from why he wasn't on TV the last couple of weeks, but why Charlotte was out as well, since him and Charlotte are dating. Um, but it made me wonder about. Um, recently, we had the. Uh, uh, situation with Roman Reigns and how he overcame his uh, leukemia scare and before that of course you know he was a baby face and coming back he was still a face so there was no character change that took place that it really this that specifically wasn't so much of an issue there but nowadays it's like a situation where we live in an era where we see everything going on we know what's happening Mm -hmm. both through social media and, and various platforms we know what's going on in, in people's personal lives. And um, I suppose to their own discretion, you know, these superstars, they will let on as much as they want as far as how much they want to reveal about their lives. And, and you know, that's totally to their credit. But um, I just sat back and I thought to myself, as I was reading this article today, I thought back and I was like, you know what? I remember a time when I was younger and when I was a wrestling fan and I would see these characters on screen and the, these villains in particular and, you know, how much I I hated them and, you know, I wanted them to lose and I couldn't stand them. And, and you know, I, I you know, you know, you, you were much more easy. You It was more you're easy more impressionable. to. Yeah, you're more impressionable. It's much easier to, to get lost in it and, and to think, well, right. you know, these guys aren't, you know, real people. They don't have real lives and real problems going on and all that stuff. So it was easier to, you know get in, involved and more emotionally invested into it. Now it's like, you know, when you have a heel on TV, you know, and Andrade is a heel right now, and, and you know, he's, he's supposed to be the bad guy. He comes out, you know, he's arrogant and whatnot. You're supposed to boo him. And then you read something like this, and, you know, as you get older especially, you, you can't disconnect, you know, reality from, from the fantasy aspect of it because as a human being, as you grow up and you wise up in a lot of ways, I suppose you um, start to connect these things more. So it's like, it makes it really tough um, to, I guess, look at it in a way that we used to. You know, it was just an observation that I made because now it's like, this guy comes back. I mean, how, how could you boo him? 
I mean, <laughs> this poor guy, I mean, not only lost his mother, but he also lost his aunt. And it's like, um, it's it's weird. Well, since, since, since he's a heel, I don't think people are going to boo him. People definitely won't cheer him. Yeah, it's, like it's, like it's he won't tough. get a pop. Like, yeah, I don't think. You know? That's even worse be like though because if he awkward, yeah, but that's even worse yeah. though because silence. if he gets no reaction, then that's a huge problem because then it's yeah, like, that's gonna hurt him. You know, it's like really like oh, you know, and it's tough. I mean, it's it sucks all around. I mean, it's it really makes the it's a very fascinating d- dynamic that goes on nowadays when we especially live in an era where all this information is available to us. Um. I I uh, I agree with you. It, it's it's tough to uh, you know it's it's like the the Roman thing is 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 one thing because he's the face and he did something that's you know incredible, um, but this is different. Like you know having this across all of social media, it's like how do you how do you boost someone like that? And it's like where do we is there a line that we should draw between? you know, like kayfabe and, and real life. And you think also of like Bray Wyatt having, a, you know, a child with uh, Jojo, right? That's, that's her name. Right. You know, it's meanwhile, he's the fiend and he has the, you know, has like the Firefly Funhouse and he's also posting pictures of him and his baby. It's, you know, Kane going for mayor. It's, it's. Right. Kayfabe is definitely dead, but it's, there's definitely select, like. Dolph Ziggler being a villain and he's. Stand-up comedian outside, <laughs> like, yeah, it's it's I guess just this, you know. What they should Braun do. Braun Strowman being a monster, but he's actually sure. just normal guy, like, right? Yeah. I think what they should do is they need to, you know, put this in your suggestion box, WWE, because I know you're clearly listening to this. <laughs> Have a rehaul of your social media policy. Have all of your superstars really reassess how they conduct themselves and what kind of content they share. Make it be consistent with what they're doing on TV, at least. Try to uh, carry the kayfabe. Try to maintain the narrative so that way at least fans or even young kids, I would imagine, uh, are probably looking at some of the stuff that's posted. And it's like, wait a second. I thought he was supposed to be a bad guy and he's doing all this nice stuff. You know, it's like if you really want people to become emotionally invested in the show and really like get up on their feet and really be into it, Mm -hmm. you got to give them a reason to, I would think. Case in point, Becky Lynch. I've said this in the past. Her Twitter game is on fire. She does not. She has not broken kayfabe on Twitter. She gets into fights with people. She argues. She makes Baron fun of people. Baron Corbin gets into fights with yeah. people too. It's funny. Well, I, I think it's two different things, but yeah. But Becky Lynch actually like gets into fights with like Charlotte and Bailey and like she'll, yeah, like, other superstars. Other yeah, superstars, yeah, right? Yeah, her, it's it, even even the Miz. Like he has a you know a wife daughter, but he's. You know, but when he was a heel, it still kept in line with his character of I'm a you know I'm a superstar I'm, I'm right. a B plus right this is my life be jealous of it right you know it, it could be him and his buddies like playing fantasy football but still it's you know he's that's his character right his Sasha character. Banks on the other hand she uh com- well I don't know if she was complaining but then she has been coming out with cryptic tweets lately saying that you know she was born to do this and she's positive and she's happy i don't know when she's coming back i think she will come back soon but i mean i don't know what's going on there but i mean uh, i don't know what you guys think about it i haven't really been following it too much but you know she eventually will make her way back but the question is you know where but 
I think that they have to really. I think they have to draw a line. They have to assess yeah. how they, uh, how the superstars use social media. I think, uh, I'm led to believe that they have. Well, some people say, "Oh, they have ghost writers." Clearly, they have somebody else, you know, using the account for them. I don't know if that's the case. I think that the way things are posted and the the depth of what is posted and the variety of things that you see, it, it leads me to believe that. Most of these guys and girls, they have control over their own accounts, um, but yeah. I think they have to—they have to like have a sit down with them and say, "Look, you know, you have to carry your brand around with you twenty-four-seven. It's like the old days when, like, you know, these old timers would talk about how they would go out and even when they were out in public, how like they couldn't be seen with each other. Like, you know, they had to really maintain their 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 shtick, and this is how you have to do it now, electronically. Yeah. yeah. And so. speaking of electronically, you guys can follow us on Twitter at Empty Arena Show. Reach out to us at uh, Empty Arena Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, check out Andrew's Dank Memes. I'm going to keep saying that every week because I have nothing else to say. Dank Memes. The uh, Dankest. It is the Dankest. Uh, also, check us out on Facebook. Uh, check out our posts. Uh, we'll try to do some more polls because I feel like we haven't done any in a few. We need to bring back three-minute booking. Yeah. You know, we got to do, uh, do some of that. And, and we have a movie. We have to review pretty soon. Uh, our our big fan Joe uh, Joe V brought up, I think, Ready to Rumble. I think that was a suggestion. I know we also hmm. talked about the Marine potentially chaperone, but if there's other movies. <laughs> Which one? Marine Six. Uh, uh, New Marine Six. Chris, Chris, Chris the one Watts. that went straight to DVD, which is like the last five or six. <laughs> of them? Marine Two through Seven. <laughs> five out of six. I uh, could probably get it at uh, CVS. Knucklehead. <laughs> And, you know, there's a stat: five out of six Marines would agree these movies are terrible. <laughs> uh, you know, Chaperone is another one we talked about. So keep keep sending your suggestions because you know, for uh, any of these off weeks, we're gonna do another wonderful movie review. Movie review. But on that note, I think that's it. That is it. I think that's. I think we're done. We're done. Good night, guys. We will uh, see you next week. Later. Bye. Bye. This has been an awesome studios production.